with us God is on our side He will make a way Far above all we know Far above all we hope He has done your Bibles. We're going to two places tonight, two places tonight. Second Peter chapter number one. We'll read a couple verses there and skip over to Galatians. Galatians chapter number five. Are you glad to be saved? Amen. Amen. Uh, if, uh, I was about to say Ephesians. We, we'll stay out of Ephesians tonight. Amen. Uh, uh, Second Peter chapter one and Galatians chapter number five. Does anybody need a lesson? Raise your hand if you need a lesson. Uh, Miss Diane right here needs a lesson. Uh, all right, we've got some here in the front. Miss Robert, Robertson needs. All right, all right. Jeff has handled the situation. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. All right, anybody else? Anybody else need a lesson? Raise your hand. All right, here's what we're going to do. Now, how many of y'all brought your lessons back from last week? Wow, all right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skim through that last point. We did not get the last point, but I'm going to give it to you so you can keep your notes uh, all in order there. And then we're going to jump right into our next lesson tonight, all right? Uh, 2 Peter chapter number 1 and uh, verse number, let's see, verse number 5. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. And besides this, if you're here for the, the very first time on uh, Wednesday night, we are going through First uh, and Second Peter. We are in Second Peter. We have learned that after salvation, there's stuff we need to do. There's stuff we need to add to our walk with Christ. There's stuff we need to add to our, our, our salvation experience. Not to be saved. Do you all understand that? Salvation comes by faith. It's by grace through faith. So it, we do not do to be saved. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. It's done. Amen. We put our faith in him. But after we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's some things we need to work on and, 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 and develop in our life. What are those things? It says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Say it with me. Add to your faith and to virtue and to knowledge temperance temperance that's what we're going to talk about tonight and the temperance patience and the patience godliness and the godliness brotherly kindness and the brotherly kindness charity or love where these things be in you and abound they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see it far off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Ye shall never fall. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for uh, folks coming out tonight wanting to study wanting to learn, wanting to grow, and uh, God, I pray they will not leave disappointed. I pray that you'll speak to us, help us, change us, develop us into uh, stronger Christians than we were before. And God, will thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Uh, flip over, flip over to Galatians chapter number five. <clears throat> While I, I give you the, the last 
uh, few points uh, from your old outline from last week. If you still got your old outline, uh, we learned that there were some things that we need to do to gain knowledge and, and, and why knowledge is so important. And uh, the last point was information we summarized. What do we need to learn? What knowledge do we need to gain? I mean, what information do we need to, to pack in to study, to, to learn and, and, and bring forth in our life? First, his person. The information we summarize, we need to know him. We need to know about him. We need to know his person, his character, his makeup, who he is, uh, all we know about him. Why? So we can love him. The more you know about him, the more you're going to love him. Uh, the more you know about what he did for you, the more you're going to love him. The more you understand his love for you, you're going to love him that much more. And we need to love him. Do you know the primary, the primary rule, the primary command, if there was one that was the most important out of them all, a lawyer asked Jesus this and said, what is the number one commandment? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. Are y'all with me? You can't love somebody you don't know. Can't love a stranger. I mean, there, there's limitations to that. You can, you, can, uh, have a, you can have Christ's love for somebody. I understand that. But, but you, listen, uh, the more I, I've gotten to know Tammy, my wife, the more I love her. I thought I loved her the day I said I do, but I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. But the more I learned about her, the more that I knew about her, the more information and, and everything that I, I grew to love about her, it just made my love just expand. So we need to love him. We need to know his person to love him. Uh, B, we need to know his plan. You need to know what his, his, his will for your life is. The Bible says in Colossians 1, 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, Paul is saying, this is what I'm praying for. I mean, I'm praying without ceasing that this takes place. And desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will. In other words, after those, those saints at Colossae, after they got saved, he said, I did not cease to pray that you'd figure out what God wants you to do in your life. I, I saw, a, I saw a, a, a post that said, uh, uh, the two greatest days in your life was the day you were born and the day you learned why. Now think about that. Two greatest days of your life was the day you were born and then the day you learned why. Why are you here? What is God's purpose for your life? What is God's will? Paul said, I did not cease to pray for you that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. You know what I believe that teaches us? That you, you're going to have a hard time, number one, pleasing God if, you're not, if you don't know his will. All right? Then you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be prosperous. You're not going to be productive if you're not in the will of God. Amen? It's not complicated. Uh, we, we want to know his person to love him. We need to know his plan to obey him. Say that with me. To obey him. To obey him. Then see. We need to know something about his power. We need to know something about his power. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings and being made conformable unto his death. 2 Chronicles 6, 16.9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Now, what do those two verses show us? We need to know his person to love him. We need to know his plan to obey him. But we need to know his power to trust him. 
to trust him. Uh, what's the point? You need to understand something. When all hell breaks through in your life, you need to understand you can trust God. When things don't go the way you think they ought to, you can trust God. Uh, when, when, when things come crashing down in your life, or as a disciples, when you're in that storm and you're in that boat and the, and the thunder is, is rolling and the lightning is flashing, the rain is falling, and the water's coming in the boat, you need to understand, he, at any time, he can walk out on the bow of that ship and say, peace be still. If you know his power, you can trust him. Now, let me say this. That's easy preaching and hard living. It's easy to say amen to that sitting in the church pew, but it's a little harder when you're sitting in the doctor's office. It's a little harder when you're sitting in the bank's office trying to keep your house and, and, and you've done everything you can. And or, or is it, Amen. We need to know all about his power. We need to know that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. We need to know that he is not poor. He is loaded and he can do anything he can anytime he wants to. And it doesn't matter what our problems are. We can trust him with it. Amen. Now, uh, with that being said, uh, let's skip to today. Amen. I would love to spend some more time on those subjects, but hey, let's gain knowledge. Let's learn everything we can because there's three really, really important things that we need to do as a Christian, and that's to love him, to trust him, and obey him. Amen? Amen? All right. Let's get to tonight. Temperance, 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 temperance. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Let me just say, if there has ever been an easy preaching, hard living is this one. We are living in a society that has gone crazy. We are living in a society that's out of control, uh, not just in the adult realm, but all the way down to the teen level. Uh, 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 we are living in a society where the word no is not even in the dictionary. When a child hears no, he, he pitches a fit and is given in. He learns no self-discipline whatsoever, no self-control whatsoever. And when he grows up, he's out of control and, and all of this kind of thing. Now, now, technically, technically, the definition of temperance, you know, as we see it, is basically self-control. But that's a little deceptive. It's a little, it's a little misleading. Because when you come to Christ and, 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 and you, you get what you need to get, you're not really, it's not really self-control, it's spirit control. And that's one thing we're going to learn. Uh, because, uh, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let's, let's, let's get right on in the, into the deal, all right? Uh, now, would we all agree? Will we all agree America's got problems with this topic? Can we all agree on that before we go further? Now, watch. There, this is an issue. This is an issue that we all deal with. Every single Christian deals with this, and I'm going to prove that. But one thing that is a problem is not just, not just that we have the flesh that we have to deal with and, and, and our own temptation and fleshly desires and all that, but then we have a culture out there that's trying to promote that in us. Now, what do you mean by that? Most of the time, we fail to realize the struggle that is fought for our desires. Commercials, billboards, temptations, clearance items. It's fast, easy, delicious, on sale. Every store, every restaurant, every website is vying for your money, for your time, for your loyalty. And too often we fall prey these, to these external influences. And the only thing standing in our way of doing more is circumstances. 
We'd spend more if we had it. We'd eat more if we could stuff it. We'd love to have this or that if we could afford it. I would do that if only I had the time. We live our lives only limited by our income, our physical appearance, our current situation, and by a ticking clock. Everything, everything in the world is in control of our lives but the Lord Jesus. But honestly, here's the thing. We can blame it on the billboards. We can blame it on the the materialism. We can blame it on the souped-up marketing that's in our country today. But really, if we were to be real honest, we'd have to understand that this is really not an external battle. It's not a battle on the outside. It's an internal struggle that between the, the flesh and the spirit. Each of us face things throughout the day that are absolutely good, and we should choose to indulge. Love and laughter are two favorites. Uh, giving, generosity, serving. These are things, uh, but there, there are things which are absolutely bad, and I'm going to illustrate this. Uh, absolutely bad, which we should choose to abstain from. But much of life, much of life is necessary. Say that with me. Much of life is And we should choose moderation, temperance, or self-control. Temperance allows the Holy Spirit to say no to my tendencies to overindulge and say yes when I don't feel like doing what I should. Will the natural earthly desires, lust, win out, or will the new spiritual man reign supreme? Now watch here. Uh, do, do, you have, do you have the, uh, the uh, slide that uh, Clayton made? Do you have that? Did he give that to you? It should, it should look yellow. He didn't send it. Uh, uh, fire somebody for me, all right? Uh, get Dustin and see if he can find that. Uh, there, there's three words. There's three words that I want you to get. One is indulgence. One is indulgence. It, it, it would look like this. This is, this is what it looked like. Indulgence, and I put that in green. And then we have temperance, and I put that in yellow. I put that in yellow. Then we have abstinence. I put that in red. It's kind of like a, a, you know, a red light. Uh, you find green means go. Yellow means all right. That means go real fast. Amen. You got to. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Some of us, that's what it means. Amen. Uh, uh, it means slow down. It means it's fixing to turn red. You need to slow down. Uh, uh, be careful, so forth and so on. And then red is stop abstinence. These three words are in our life. I mean, it's all about our life. Uh, there are some things that, that, that we need to indulge in. And I just said them loving, uh, laughing, man, we need to laugh more. Don't we need to laugh more? Laughter doeth good like a medicine, you know, uh, 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 a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. There's things in our life we need to indulge in. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to keep their job. Amen. All right, here we go. Uh, then all the way, all the way down in the bottom, there's abstinence. There's some things we just need to totally stay away from. Amen? We don't have, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know what these are. Wicked things, evil things, uh, sinful things. Uh, we need to totally abstain. We need to stay away from. It, it, just, it, it doesn't even need to be on our radar. We need to completely abstain from these things. But here's the problem with most of us, and this is where most of us live. Most of us live in the yellow. Most of us live in the yellow. That's where most life takes place. All right? Our, our own appetites, our own appetites. Appet- There's nothing wrong with appetite. God gave you an appetite. God is the one that gave us this. I, I made a list of some things. As I was looking and studying, there's an appetite for food. And all these are natural. All these are a part of life, an, an appetite for food, an appetite for water, love, sex, fun, meaning, physical affection, security, importance. 
All these things, and you can, and the list probably could go on. All of these things are a part of life. All of these things are things that we desire, things that we crave, things we have an appetite for, things that are natural. God gave you an appetite for food so you wouldn't starve to death. So you, could, so you would eat and fuel your body so you could do the things you need to do. God gave us an appetite for sex so we could uh, reproduce and, and, and the generations would continue. And all of these things go along here. But what happens is, is this, this one word that we are dealing with tonight, temperance, is when the things that are good and right and God-given are out of control. And I would say this, most Christians do not live in the red. I do, I do not see most Christians robbing banks and murdering people and, 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 and going raping and pillaging and doing all of these things that we know are ultimately wicked. That's not the things that trip up most Christians. What trips up most Christians is the things that are good and right and natural and God-given that we allow to get out of control. Are y'all with me? So that's why it's so dangerous. That's why it's so dangerous, because it's not technically bad, but what we allow it to become, then it becomes bad. Does that make sense? Now, uh, Brother Buchanan, where's your volunteers at? I want to I illustrate this. When, when Brother Buchanan and them come up here, let's look in Galatians chapter number five, and we're going to talk about this, uh, this word here. It says uh, in verse number 16, verse 16, Galatians 5 in verse number 16, are y'all there? Say amen. amen. This I say then, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, now watch, it uses two different words. It uses works and then fruit, all right? You cannot manufacture fruit. Fruit is a natural production, but works has to be manufactured. That's important. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, that is, that is a married person having sex with somebody they're not married to. Fornication, that's somebody that's unmarried, that's having sex that should not be. Uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, now watch this, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that, before you go, go crazy, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I, I committed adultery, does that mean I lost my salvation? That's not what that means. The word do means to practice. It is a common habitual practice. What does that mean? If you're saved, God, God is going to deal with you harshly if you commit these sins. But the people that can commit these sins constantly and habitually uh, without any repercussions, they're not saved. Amen? Amen? Now watch. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. What's that word? Temperance. Temperance. Okay, that's what we're after. That's what we're looking for. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. 
Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Now, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Uh, uh, Y'all decided who's going to be the Christian. I guess you're going to be the Christian because I know these two ain't. Amen. (laughs) All right. Johnny is definitely the flesh. Amen. All right. We'll we'll let Buchanan, uh, this is stretching it, but we're going to let him be the spirit. Amen. Get Get you a little. All right. Now, stand way over here, way over here, way over here. All right, here's the problem. Here's the problem with humanity. Here's the problem. Oh, all righty then. Let me see that arm. There we go. Here's the problem with humanity. Humanity is born controlled by the flesh. Now you done broke it. Son, you tough, that's all I know. You got to stand I bet he won't get it now. All right, there we go. <laughs> now watch. When, when, when we are born, we have what's called the flesh. Now, the, everybody thinks the flesh is the body. The body's neutral. But you have a part of you that's called the flesh that wants to do wrong. And when you are lost, he's in charge. When you are lost, basically, he's in control. And, we, you know, sometimes saved people get mad at lost people for doing lost people stuff when really they can't help it. And this is why lost people, this is why lost people can try to be good for a little bit and they never can make it because they don't have the fruit of the Spirit. They are trying to manufacture goodness. But the flesh cannot bear fruit. It can only manufacture and that don't work, say amen. amen. Now watch. We have, we have the flesh in charge. The flesh is in control. The flesh is calling the shots. And he is being led all the way, all the way around by the flesh. Now, here's the deal. The Spirit comes at, during salvation. And he comes. Uh, the sinner the sinner is in the, under control of the flesh. But the Spirit comes, and you can look at this in Romans. Man, Romans has, it describes this in a cool, awesome way. Study the book of Romans, how the Spirit comes, and he cuts, he cuts the, uh, uh, I hope, there we go. Now, now, we have two. Now we have two. Stand out here so we can see them. Let me move this out of the way. I want them to get a good glimpse of this. All right, you stand, you stand in the middle. Now, now look, the control the control has been cut. It's been broken. But he's still there. Now, we still have to deal with him. We still have to, we still have to fight him. We still have to deal with... Hey. All right. Are y'all with me? Fixing to break the belt out. All right, now, now here's the deal. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. Too many Christians make the excuse that they can't help it. Now, before the Spirit came along, that was true. But when the Holy Spirit came, he cut, he cut the bondage you were in. You're no longer in bondage to sin. Do you understand that? In other words, it's now, that's not saying that he's not here influencing because he can't influence. He did not go away. I wish, I wish that was the case. But according to Paul, he's still with us. 
this flesh that, that produces the wrong in our life, he's still there. But he doesn't have control anymore. Are y'all with me? But his influence is still there. Now, here's, here's what we're going to talk about tonight. Here's what we're going to talk about. How do we deal with this? How do we deal with this flesh that's always there? How do we deal with a flesh that's always wanting to do wrong? It's always wanting to cuss the person out that cuts, cuts you off in traffic. It's always wanting to get angry when, when, when somebody does you wrong. It's always wanting to get bitter. And, are y'all with me? Yeah. This wants to stay home. This wants to go to church. This wants to get out of bed and pray. Excuse me, it does not want to pray. It does not want to read its Bible. It does not want to go to church. It does not want to do. But he does. Now, what are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this? Now, I don't know about you, but this is a real problem. This is a real problem that I believe, I believe is not discussed enough. And I believe a lot of Christian leaders say, just go to church. Well, there's a lot of church people that's getting beat up with this situation. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. All right, go ahead and y'all can sit. sit down. Thank you, thank you. Give them a hand, give them a hand, give them a hand. Now watch. Now watch. Look what the verse says. Look what the verse says in verse number, uh, verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, the hey, y'all come back up here a minute, Johnny. Y'all come back up here a minute. Come up, come up here and put your signs on. All right, number one, I just thought of something. Number one, number one, write this down. Don't you see the problems we face? The problems we face with temperance. The problems we face. Now, what is that? A, there's adversaries that are seeking control. There's adversaries that are seeking control. Who's the adversary? The flesh against the spirit. They both want control of your life. They both want control of your life. Obviously, the spirit wants it for good. The flesh wants it for evil. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, the problem with these two adversaries is they conflict. B, they have appetites that conflict. He wants good and he wants bad. Y'all with me? He wants good. And he wants bad. So they're always going to be fighting. They're always going to be struggling. They're always going to have issues with one another. There's always going to be a fight. We're never, ever not going to have these to deal with. Until Jesus comes, until we die, we're going to have to deal with this. If, you, if you're with me, say amen. All right, now watch this. Go to number two. Go to number two. <clears throat> the potential we fear. He lists he lists some things that, that could take place if, if the spirit is out of the, out of the picture. If he had his way, if the flesh had his way, this is what could take place. Watch what it says. For the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like. Now, here's three different categories of sins. Three different categories of sins. A, first, they're sensual sins. Write that down. Sensual sins. He talks about adultery, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, which is basically debauchery. How much of that is on the, 
on, I, 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 I'm blown away by how much that is, it is sexually charged and, and, and really that, that realm in just commercials on public radio. Not TV. I mean, we all know TV's going to hell. I mean, ain't, there's no question everything on that's crazy. And, and just on regular TV, it's, it's so just so sexually just driven. It's, it's unreal. But now it's gone into the radio and every, everywhere else. And here we have all of these problems. Here we're having all of these issues. And if the flesh has its way, this is going to take place. All right? Now, sensual sins. Then superstitious sins. Superstitious sins, idolatry, witchcraft. Witchcraft is the word pharmakia, which, which really means drug use. Drug abuse, drug use. The numbers, the numbers uh, when we say drug use, this is what we think. We think a crack pipe. We think a crack house. We think a meth user. Uh, uh, we think all, but do you realize there's more people on prescription drugs that's, that's on crack? In, in America, in America, it is staggering the people that are addicted. And you know why? It's money. Now, we, we want a pill for anything. Whatever it might be, there is a pill made for that particular situation. And the Bible says it's going to get worse and worse until Jesus comes. Now, superstitious sins. C, social sins. Now, we can say... Preacher, I'm not committing adultery, and I'm not, I'm not going into all that lasciviousness and debauchery, and, and I'm, not, I'm not using drugs, and, and I'm, not, you know, uh, uh, I'm not really having something that's idolatrous in my life. Yeah, but did you get mad at somebody? Hatred. Emulations is jealousy. Jealousy. Uh, wrath, outbursts of anger. Strife. Self-seeking, wanting your way, wanting to be out front, uh, uh, seditions, heresies, divisions, factions, envying, holding grudges. Well, that's big time today. Murders, social sins, getting along with each other, having issues. You say, well, does this mean if we're saved, we're not gonna, we're not gonna. Have these, if, if I got angry, does that mean I'm not saved? That means you're not following the Spirit. A saved man can get angry, but he can't stay angry. A saved man might, might accomplish one of these things in their life and, and may have an issue with one of these things, but he won't stay that way. Why? Because the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. What does that mean? That means if you do these things, God's going to, Whoop you. He will speak in a still small voice first. That voice will become a roar as a lion. God's belt is huge. Say amen. amen. And God will deal with us. The, the spirit will try to get our attention. The spirit will try to, to, to get everything and say, hey. But God will deal with us. God will deal with our lives. God will deal with sin in our life. We cannot, we cannot practice this and habitually live in this without God dealing with us. But that flesh, that's what it will, if, if the flesh had its way, all of those things we just read would take place. And, and here's, what I want, here's what I want to say about that. 
to all of us really sanctified folks in here, be careful looking your nose down at somebody who's messed up in this area. Because everybody in here deals with that too. Nobody's immune to this. Nobody's immune to falling. Nobody's immune to messing up. Nobody's immune to failure. Nobody, nobody is such a good Christian that this could never take place in their life. The Bible even goes as far as to say, be careful ye that stand. Take heed, lest ye fall. Be careful. Be careful, because we all fight this. We all live with this. We all face this. We all got to do it every single day of our life. Every single day of our life, we've got to deal with this. Now, here's, here's where the real message is. This is where the real help's going to come. Number three, I want you to see the power we find. The power we find. First, God's given us a friend, a friend to cooperate with. When we got saved, when we got saved, he didn't, he didn't leave us to fend for ourselves. Now, here's, here, do you remember what I said about the word temperance? About the word temperance, where I said it's a little, it's a little deceptive, it's a little misleading, because if, if, if temperance is just self-control, then he has to do the best he can against him by himself. Y'all with me? If it was just simply self-control, if it was just simply a battle of the will, y'all with me? Uh, but we know that's not the case because we wouldn't win. We'd never win, all right? But God brought a friend. God said, okay, I know what you got to deal with. One of the coolest verses in the Bible, and to me, is he knoweth our frame. He knoweth our frame. What does that mean? He knows what we're made of. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths. He knows everything about us. And he has given us everything we need for victory. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He's given us the Holy Spirit to cooperate with, to walk with, to follow. All right? Now, now we have a friend to cooperate. Look at what it says. Look what it says in verse number 16. Verse number 16. Are you there? Say amen. amen. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now watch. A little space here. A little space. All right. The Spirit's going to be saying, come on, come on, come on. All right? And the flesh is doing the same. Every day of your life. Every day of your life. Every moment of your life. Every moment of your life. Now, what's going to change? What's going to change? Which way you're looking? What are you focusing on? Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that you could be driving and looking a certain way, and your car go to drifting to the way you're looking. When we were when we were taught to to cut the the greens at the golf course, when I, I was uh, uh, working at the golf course, they they would say when you when you go to cut the green because if you've ever been on a golf course, especially during the winter when they put the winter rye out, uh, it leaves stripes on the green, you know, because it's got a, a dark stripe and a light stripe, and you could checkerboard the green, really cool stuff, and 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 you don't need a drunk checkerboard. Are y'all with me? <laughs> you want straight lines. And this is what they said to do. 
You did not look down at the grass that you were cutting. You picked a target out past the green, either a tree or a rock or a stump. You would pick a target out to have that line, and you would keep your eye on that target. You would keep your eye on that piece and never take it off, and you go straight. And when you did, you cut a straight line. But what would happen is, is you would get distracted. And somebody would come up, maybe somebody would hit a ball at you, whatever that might be, and you would take your eyes off of that, and wherever your eyes went, that's where the mower went. Are y'all with me? What happened, what, happened, what happened to Peter when he was walking on the water and he was walking to Jesus? And the Bible says on his way to Jesus, he took his eyes off Jesus and put them on the storm. And when his focus became on the storm, he immediately began to what? Now here's what's happening. Here's what's happening to uh, the Christians is we have both trying to vie for our affection, find, trying to vie for our attention, and whichever one we put the most focus on, that's who's going to win. And the Bible says to walk after the Spirit. I look that word up. It means to occupy yourself with, to follow. Let me ask you a question, and this is kind of personal. What have you been occupying yourself with lately? What kind of magazines have you been occupying yourself with? What kind of radio shows have you been occupying yourself with? What kind of TV shows have you been occupying yourself with? What kind of websites have you been occupying yourself with? Because whatever you occupy yourself with is the direction of your focus. Now, let's look. Boy, it's quiet tonight. Here's what's going to happen. Which are we experiencing in our life? Are we dealing with... Are we dealing with jealousy? Are we dealing with wrath? Are we dealing with strife? Are we dealing with envies and heresy? Are we having constant problems? Do we have no peace whatsoever? That's what the opposite of peace is strife. Are, are we dealing with struggles and issues in our life? It might be what and who we're occupying ourselves with. And I found this out. I found this out. The more you feed this, the hungrier he gets. The more of the flesh that you take in, and by the way, it's an insatiable appetite. You can never, you can never, ever feel it. It's never enough. It's never enough. That's why, that's why uh, drug abuse and pornography and all of these things are so dangerous and so, so deceptive because you think you got to have this and it's got to be a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more provocative and a little more, are y'all with me? A little stronger drink, a little stronger drug because it, it, it comes to a point it never satisfies. And the flesh is constantly, constantly, constantly. And the more we focus and we look toward, occupy ourselves with, that's who's going to win. How much of the Bible have we been reading? How much time have we been, been spending with God? Uh, uh, what has been the focus of our attention? What has been the focus of our thinking? How is the pattern of our thinking? What is it? What is? What has our thoughts been filled with lately? 
And you say, well, you can't control your thoughts. Well, if that was the case, God would have not said the thought of foolishness is sin. If God, if, 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 if you wouldn't, if you couldn't uh, uh, control your thoughts, then God wouldn't say it's a sin, the thought of foolishness. So there are things we can do. Let me, let me illustrate this way. Somebody said, well, preacher, if that, that, that pretty lady walks by and, and she's got, you know, that, that provocative outfit on, you know, that thought may come into my, I get that. I get that. And, and, and the old preacher said it this way. It's not a sin for a bird to land on your head, but it is for him to build a nest. Y'all with me? Do I need to elaborate or y'all smart enough to get that? There's, there's, there's a word that says take captive. Take captive. Say, wait a minute. Uh-uh. There's a, there's a, I got into a discussion. I got into a discussion uh, with somebody one time about, about uh, proper attire. And, and uh, this person, this person disagreed with me and this America, you allowed uh, to do that. That's fine. Uh, and, and, and in, in, a, in some ways she was right about what she was saying. But in, in, in other ways, she, she just wasn't getting it. And one of the things she said, well, it, it shouldn't matter what women wear. They should have self-control. True statement. But women should not promote wrong thoughts in men. Ladies, you should never wear something in front of other men that you wouldn't want them ladies wearing in front of your husband. But on the other hand, we're supposed to be gentlemen. And even though they're wearing this stuff, that's not going to be an excuse when we get to glory. Because God's going to say, where was your temperance? I know it. I don't like it neither. But it is what it is. I tell you this, I can really tell when I haven't been spending time with him. And every man in here, you got to admit this. You got to admit this. Because this is a struggle. And this is one thing, this is one thing that I have learned. Nobody can do this for you. Do you realize, every, ladies and gentlemen, this situation right here that we're looking at, this is not something that's going to be won at church? At church is where you're going to learn about this. At home is where you're going to practice this. Or not. Do you know, what's, you know what I think is happening in, in, in a lot of Christians' lives? Is they're, they're, they're really lazy. Spiritually speaking, that they're really lazy. They want to get all of their spirituality here and get it over with and then go back about their business and wonder why they're struggling so much. This is, this is not the be-all, do-all, anything-all spiritual stuff that you're supposed to get right here in this hour time. This is, this is a supplement. We're here, we're here to 
charge you up. We're here to revitalize you. We're here to, to energize you and excite you. And, and like my dad used to say, we're here to gas you up in the middle of the week. You go fill up on Sunday, and we come to just top off the tank to make it to Saturday. Amen? But this is not where the battle's won. It's how much you're walking with him. You see, okay, 7 times 24. 98? 98. That's it, more than that, isn't it? Y'all got phones, people. Come on. Seven times 24? 168? All right. All right. 168. Why? I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. 168. 168 hours in the week. And you spend one of them here. And a half of an hour. On Sunday. So you're telling me in all that time, that hour and a half is all you need to keep him in check. Okay? Let me just sit down. I might need you in just a minute. Amen. We have a friend to cooperate. We have fruit to cultivate. To cultivate. Now, now here's why I said cultivate. You don't produce or excuse me, you don't manufacture fruit. You don't work this up. You can't work up peace. You can't work up joy. You can't work up temperance. I'm just going to be stronger in my will. How's that working for you? How, I mean, really? How many times do you say, I ain't never going to do that again, God? Am I the only one going to be real tonight? Come on now. It don't work, does it? So why do we say cultivate? Because see, those things, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, is not going to come by working it up. It's going to come by spending time with him and cultivating that relationship. And the more he is in your life, the more, temp let's just use the word we're, we're talking about, temperance is going to be in your life. The, the more ability you're going to have to say no. I'm going to have, help you have a stronger will. No, 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 no. I need more of God in my life. I need more of the Holy Spirit to control my life, my thoughts, my thinking, my walking. I need, I, I need to surrender to him and occupy myself with him. Are you all with me? Say amen. Now watch this last one. Watch this last one. The power we find, but then the pattern we follow. How, what do we do? What do we do? The A is so critical. A is so critical. I'm telling you, if you don't get this, you might as well throw the whole paper in the garbage. Because this is where I really think we're messing up and we're falling. What pattern do we follow? The Bible says in verse 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. All right? Here's a, here's a problem that most Christians I see a lot of. First, there needs to be a pattern of confidence. A pattern of confidence. And, 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 and what did I put right beside that parenthesis? None. Don't 
have any confidence whatsoever in your willpower. Don't say, I got this. Don't say, listen, I'll be strong. No, you won't. Watch what it says. Romans 7, 18. How how many of y'all believe Paul was pretty good? He started tons of churches. He was, he, he, you know, got, he got to go to heaven, see heaven for, he even, you know, and, and wrote scripture in the Bible. So he's pretty stout. I, I, I'm not sure many would qualify to be at his stature, but watch what he says. For now I know that in me, that is in my dwelleth what? Uh-uh. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Philippians 3, 3. Watch this. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have none. Zero. What does that mean? Uh, most, most people that are fighting addictions and issues and problems, I just say everybody because we're all fighting something. Until we get this through our thick head, that we can't do it alone. That we need accountability. We need accountability. You know what the Bible says? In order to have our transgressions forgiven, we confess to God. But to have them healed, we confess to man. Look it up. Confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed. You know, I, you know where I, I believe we can apply that? There's some, I, I, don't believe, I don't believe we all need to just go air our dirty laundry to everybody. That's, I don't believe that's what that's teaching. Please, dear God, don't get on Facebook after this and tell everything you know. <laughs> do not do that. I don't believe that's what that's saying. I believe that's saying some things, some things in your life you'll never conquer without accountability. I was in a conference one time and the main speaker said, and it was all pastors. He said, pastors, if you're the only one that knows your biggest weakness, you're always going to fail to it. I thought. Because how many of us actually want to admit our weaknesses and the areas we have issues with? The point he was saying, you need to tell somebody. You need to have accountability set up in your life. You, you need to have no confidence in yourself, no confidence in your ability to, to say no. You're, no confidence whatsoever in your self-will. No confidence whatsoever in the flesh. And see, if we'll do that, then we'll seek accountability. But you know what? There's people that are slick. I got this. And it, it gets them every time. Y'all with me? Uh, well, I'd like to go in some more detail right there. Uh, a, a pattern of confidence. B, a pattern of carefulness. Say that with me. A pattern of carefulness. carefulness. How, how, do we, how do we be careful? Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Occupy yourself with the Spirit. Occupy yourself with the Spirit. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What does that mean? 
That means if you're not married and you're dating, you don't need to be in the back of a car on a hillside somewhere fighting temptation. That's stupid. You'll always have temptation, and what happens is, is when temptation and opportunity get together, that's a recipe for disaster. So we'll fight temptation, and we'll always keep opportunity away. Y'all with me? How do, how do we do that? How do we make not provision for the flesh? If you're single and you're dating, hey, go out with other folks. I know that's, I know that's very Victorian and very old-fashioned. Oh, my goodness. But I tell you what, it'll keep you pure. If you're struggling with alcohol, uh, listen, I wouldn't, even go, I wouldn't even go into Applebee's. Why? Don't be tempted. Don't set yourself up for failure. If you struggle with lust real bad, I wouldn't suggest going to the beach. Does that make sense? Sometimes I think we make this walking with the Spirit stuff way too complicated. Set yourself up for victory. Don't put yourself in a place, and everybody knows their own weaknesses. We don't have to, we don't have, whatever those weaknesses are, guard them. If you have a problem with television, hey, get the parent guard on it and give it to your spouse and give them the number and you don't have the code. Or turn cable off. May improve your marriage. Who knows? <laughs> Amen. There's so much stuff out there that we can do that we're just getting beat up and bombarded by things and we're doing it to ourselves. Let me help you guys with something. We need more time. Uh, there is a very telling, there's a very telling verse that talks about Lot. How many of y'all remember who Lot is? Lot was, was, was in Sodom. And what most people don't understand about this whole deal, the Bible says Lot was a righteous man. But he was living in a very unrighteous place. A wicked place. And one verse that really stood out to me in that thing that just, I, 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 I mean, it just, you know how they, when you're reading the Bible and God just says, look, 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 pay attention right here. It said Lot vexed his righteous soul every day watching that wickedness. And if you'll study the word vex, it means to torture, to torture. In other words, you have in you the will and the want to and the desire to do right because the Spirit's in you when you get saved and we're watching stuff on TV that we know is wrong or on the internet or whatever and we're seeing that wickedness, we're seeing that sin, we're putting ourselves in an environment and, and it is just torturing us because your flesh is so weak and it wants to do wrong and it's hard. Don't torture yourself. Don't, don't put yourself into a situation where those feelings, those, 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 those wrong doings and those desires to do wrong things burns in you and you got to fight. Don't put yourself where that's a situation. Am I making sense? 
It's like, it's like right now, it's, 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 not, it's not hard to be righteous in here. I'm not burning. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not just struggling with anything. But we can put ourselves in the situations where that, that desire to sin is so strong and powerful, and it tortures us because of the situations we put ourselves in. Because our focus has been so on the flesh and we've so neglected the spirit. Everything's been worldly. Everything's been fleshly. Everything's been that way. And we haven't spent time in prayer. We haven't spent time in reading our Bible. We haven't spent time. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And uh, maybe we'll talk about this some more next week. Uh, let's pray. Let's pray. Come, Whoever wants to come and, and find a place in the altar. And uh, let's just pray for each other. Let's pray for each other. Uh, I, we're, we're, we're praying for the building too and all that, but I just feel a, a need to, how many, how many of y'all would like to get real good at this stuff we're talking about with this temperance thing? Come on, let's be honest. This is, this is important. Guys, I, this place ought to be flooded with guys. I know that. I know that. Uh, uh, we struggle. The devil's after us. He's after your family. He's after your thoughts. Come and give them to God. Come surrender them to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your, your mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your power. Lord, thank you for your word. Your word is so, so powerful. Your word is so revealing. It's so, uh, 